Hey, welcome back to Real Talk with Caleb. Today, I got uh, my brother, Dion, in the house with me. Y'all, if y'all follow me, follow me on social media, uh, you might have seen him on there. Hey, real quick, you know, mm -hmm. he'll post that out there. And mm -hmm. man, uh, Dion, it is so good seeing you. I know we were chit-chatting a little bit before we came on the show, but man, you're looking good, brother. How, how, how is life going for you, man? Life is, life is slow motion. Life is beautiful. Life is blessings. So I have all of that. That's awesome. Well, uh, ladies and gentlemen, gentlemen and ladies, what we want to do today is uh, just talk with Dion real quick uh, about uh, life and his perspective on life. And I should tell you, as many times uh, I've had guests on, we go back. We go back a minute uh, yeah. with a lot of guests. And Dion is no different. I served with Dion in the United States military, specifically absolutely. Air Force, in the world's greatest career field ever. That's, uh, that's absolutely uh, true. Their boys for life, you know what I mean? Absolutely so, true. Dion, so glad that <laughs> you entertained the request to come on the show and to share uh, your wisdom and knowledge, man. It was always a blast. Amy and I uh, talk about you uh, frequently. Every time we see you post something, we're like, ah, there's the, uh, yeah. but man, we just have a lot of respect for you. And uh, we love you like a brother, man. We we really do miss uh, spending some time. And you light the shop up, man. Every, uh, I, I don't know if I, I probably didn't tell you enough uh, that uh, how much I appreciate it. Uh, what you did for for that group and that team that we had there, man. Just truly grateful for your service, but also for your friendship and your brotherhood, man. So welcome and and tell tell the audience a little bit about yourself and what you want them to know about you, man. Uh, well, uh, let's see. We'll keep it simple. Uh, I'm a family man. Uh, um, I joined the military in 2003, not knowing what I was going to do. Um, Went around, been to Seymour Johnson, North Carolina, uh, Yokota, Japan. I cried when I had to leave there. But when I got to Barksdale, when I got to Barksdale, it was a good group of guys there. Um, you in particular, uh, Shelton Jameson, Dominguez, uh, Bricker, a lot of these guys who who I um, admire, real friendships. So it when going to work, it was like, it was not work. It was fun. Like you got up ready to go for the next day. Cause we'd be joking. We'd be laughing. Kiki Ken, we'd be having a ball, but we supposed to be working and the work was easy. Everything yep. else was just fine. So, um, just that, just that, um, you know, I'm a gamer, I'm a father. Um, you know, I just do, I just keep it real slow motion. I kind of try to stay out the world's way with everything that's going on. So I kind of try to stay out the way and I inject, you know, a little bit here and there where I see it needs to be. Um, but for the most part, I just stay out the way because, you know, it's a, it's a lot of crazy in the world, but it's a lot of beauty that's not seen in the world. That is right, man. You're absolutely so. right. It's so many times we, uh, seems like we're cutting that cycle, right? That 24-hour mm -hmm. cycle of uh, breaking. Everything is breaking news, right? Uh, yeah. And I don't remember ever, I'm sure it's happened, man. I just don't remember it uh, where mm -hmm. something great or, you know, positive came out of one of those breaking news reports, you know. Absolutely. It's like you live in a perpetual state of anxiety, the nation, right, or the world. Absolutely. It's like, what's next? What's what's bad now? What are we going to hear this horrible now? And not making light of horrible things that happen. I know you uh, you would agree with me. This, this, I wish they would all stop uh, all yes. horrible things. But Absolutely. there's a lot of positivity in the world, too, man. And that's one of the reasons... Uh, I, I ask you to come on is because just your perspective on life, man, you can uh, bring, you have a unique way uh, of calming, bringing a, a, a calm perspective to it and just makes people think, uh, at least I, I believe so. And one of the posts you put out there not too long ago, 
uh, was about like, hey, you know, don't just take it uh, people's word for it, especially when you don't even know the people, right? You Absolutely. don't even know who's, you know, the person uh, at the level we've talked about knowing Absolutely. each other. Um, just saying something about somebody, you just take it as like, oh yeah, that person sucks or that person's yeah. horrible, mean, whatever, fill in the blank. Mm-hmm. Talk to me a little bit about that. Uh, and, and I would like, um, uh, you know, as you talk through this, the conversation will probably jump all over the place, but that's, that's, that's why I like having good conversations with people because that's where, uh, you know, true knowledge and passion kind of flows from that. So just take me through uh, kind of what your thought was on, on that post itself or, and just that perspective of life, man. What, what are your thoughts on that? So like my wife was just telling my son uh, last night, actually, that uh, she hates the fact that I can see both sides of the equation. She hates it. <laughs> She's like, I can't stand him because he sees both sides of the equation. He's usually so logical, um, you know, and empathetic that he sees both sides. So when I put that post out, it was basically in just usually when I put something out, it's just something that's on my mind and my mind goes all over the place. So I kind of record it and then go back and listen to it. And it had, you know, it had to do with um, uh, sometimes these, sometimes people want to make quick judgments off of at face value. So when we see something, we make quick judgments. We have biases. Um, And I will say I took, I was only supposed to take one class of psychology. I took three. (laughs) Because it interested me so much about how everything has a beginning when it comes to anxiety, depression, PTSD, um, um, you know, sexual abuse, any of these things that we are dealing with today, there's always an origin. So that interests me. And I've always been a person who's been a people watcher. So when I did that, I was like, you know, people, whether it's a celebrity, um, whether it's an uh, everyday person, a police officer, whether it's a firefighter, nurse, doctor, we always are so quick to make quick judgments and buy it, have biases instead of sitting back and getting both sides. You can't have one side of the conversation and go with that. And then you get all this new information and then you're sitting there like, oh, maybe I shouldn't have did that. Well, you know, there's a saying that says, hey, read before you text, read before you tweet. Yeah. You know, and it's just a thing of making people, when I post those things, I, I want people to think, you know, there was a, I don't know if you've seen this movie, it's called V for Vendetta. No, I have not. Okay, so it's a great movie. Um, it's basically, they're in Germany or in this place and everybody's on lockdown. Kind oh, of mirrors okay. where we are now. Uh, <laughs> you, can't, you can't listen to music. You can't, uh, you can't speak at a certain time. You got to be in at a certain time. And the premise of the movie is basically to think, why it's still free. Just think while it's still free. And that's something that resonates with me. I want people, when I say things, I want people to think while it's still free, while you're able to. And sometimes just sitting back, taking a breath and going, hmm, okay, this was said. Let me see what else comes out. Because everybody's in a quick 30 second content snippet type of world, so. Why do you think that is, man? Why do you think people, uh, you know, through your experience and through your education and your knowledge there, why do you think it is that uh, people feel like they have to respond within that that quick, you know, flash to bang is so close together? It's the instant gratification of uh, social media. Um, mm. It's the instant gratification of people. Like if if a celebrity gets uh, dragged through the through the grates, it's like oh, everybody loves to see the fall. Everybody <laughs> yeah. loves to see, you know, not everybody, but a lot of people like to see the fall. And oh, he was on top, or she was on top, and now they're crashing and burning. Ha ha ha! But that's a human being. That's a person who's going through certain things. And sometimes one, 
you know, bad uh, decision doesn't define that that person as a whole. But we're so a lot of people are so quick to judge, which and you know, in the grand scheme of things, it's not our place to judge anyone. People do that, and I think the Instagram, you know, if I type something, if I put something out, and I get 15, 20, 30 likes, you know, you know, statistically, oh, I feel better about myself. You know what I mean? Oh, I did this. You know, it's like when some people do something nice for somebody and then they record it and then they get the yeah. extra gratification instead mm -hmm. of just doing something for somebody. <laughs> so it's a, it's a lot of that. I think that's a lot of it. Um, and I think a lot of people are um, hurting within themselves. So hurt people hurt people. Oh, yeah, that's good. You know, they, they hurt people, hurt people. So a lot of times that they, they may feel a little bit better about themselves in a moment and then terrible about themselves later. So it's 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 a, it's a lot of that's some gold there. I, mean, I had a, um, she's about to become a doctor uh, waiting on her dissertation to come back and stuff. Absolutely. And uh, Van Pelt, she was on here, Dr. Van Pelt. Uh, and she said the same thing, man. I, I said the other day, I felt like I got uh, the first 10, 15 minutes of our conversation. I felt like it was free counseling. Man, I was mm -hmm. like, hey, we're going to change the whole uh, the trajectory of this conversation <laughs> because I needed to hear that. But she said the same types of things. And, man, I'll tell you, uh, some gold there. I think a lot of the world, man, is hurt. You know what I mean? That's what I see when I take a step back and just kind of watch and see how things are going. I see a lot of, like you said, a lot of pain. Uh, quick people, quick to lash out to either. I don't know that they actually, you know, consciously think that's going to help them in their situation at that time. Absolutely. They're just, it, they do not care. Like, mm -hmm. I, you know, they're not thinking, hey, I'm hurt, so I'm going to make you hurt necessarily. It's just like, hey, life sucks for me, or maybe it's just how they feel at that time. And they're just going to, you know, bring somebody down or, you know, rake them across the coals, whatever analogy Absolutely. you want to use. I tell you, in the in the social media world, I talk to a lot of our younger airmen, right? And not necessarily just younger, but junior in rank, you know, and mm -hmm. I tell it, look, there's a there's a war being fought on on multiple fronts uh, a lot of times and right now we find ourselves in the information or social networking and social engineering uh, battle space if you will and I think there's something to be said about how the algorithms work when you talk about the likes and things like that right absolutely uh, I watched this show on Netflix my the goodness social experiment I think that is I it man. That, I, yep, absolutely. I made my kids watch it. I said, my goodness, this is kind of crazy. And I've seen and thought about similar things before, but mm -hmm. not the way, exact way they laid it out. So I tell people, I was like, stay out of the echo chamber of hate. You know, mm -hmm. because a lot of times people don't think about how the algorithms are set up. And, and then you're going to continue to see things or people's comments or the likes or whatever, right? Or videos, if you're into watching videos and reels and stuff, that algorithm is going to pick up and just kind of feed you. And after a while, you're just going to think the entire world's that way. And it's really just a small, small perspective when you think about the, the billions of people on the face of this earth. So anyway, uh, always, always great to see your perspective when you, when you say that, have, have you experienced um, something where like uh, somebody said something and, and it seems like a lot of people believed it, but then you saw the other side of it. You're like, kind of like along with that post, you're like, you know, you know what? I know that person. I got to know that person. And it's not nearly like that. I had, a, uh, I had an incident when I was in, um, not me personally, but a guy friend of mine. Mm -hmm. um to where he was um he was accused of sexually assaulting the young lady but he had the evidence to state that he did not do that it was consensual and everybody was dragging him through the coals not his yeah. friends who were close to him because we were like he's not that type of guy he's not that but at the same time you know 
you can't, you know, it's been people we've seen um, that who've worked with us or things that have done some things that we're kind of in shock about uh, now. Yeah. So, um, you know, it's not, it's not to the point where it's like, you just believe that that person was on, you believe it, right? You just wait for the information to come out and you kind of see how it works. And in that instant, it worked out for him. Um, I've also seen where um, somebody has said something about somebody and all of the information that was out would support that. Like, oh, this guy is this, this person is this, this person is that. And then it comes out, that person didn't do anything. So yeah. that's why I, that's why I say, man, sit back and think and wait. Just wait and listen. You know, we're all we all we all unconsciously have biases about certain things. Now, when I say bias, I don't mean like in the grand scheme of things, racial or this that, and the other. I don't like uh, what is it? I don't like okra. I'm not going to eat <laughs> okra. That's a bias. I have a bias for it, and I'm able to say that. But when pe- people hear the word bias, they go straight to oh, it's got to be racial or it's got to be sexual. It's not that big of a deal. We all have internal biases that we have, but, you know, maybe it, and a lot of that comes from a lot of the experiences that we've had, um, whether it be with family and everything shaping our lives. So, you know, I've had those instances and even now I still have those um, where I see it and I'm like, man, I don't think that person's like that. But, you know, let me see. I'm optimistic, but I'm also just, you know, I'll wait and see and then go yeah. from there. Like cautiously optimistic. And cautiously something. optimistic. Absolutely. <laughs> Well, so if you're looking for some confirmation bias, I don't like an okra either. <laughs> Listen, thank you. I mean, thank you. the best, you know, you see those memes, is it the best place for kale or in our yeah. case, okra, it's a trash can. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, throw you know, some, people, some people eat that stuff like it's like bald or some like, crap. It's a slimy. Yeah. Who eats yeah. that? That's the part. See, when I was younger, it would be slimy. My grandma would make it, and I could not eat that. It was just the texture, everything was just bleh. So after I got that, <laughs> Then I try. I was like, you know what? Let me not be that person. Let me try yeah. fried okra. A little bit drier, still a little slimy. Not eating it. Yeah. It's okay. You know what? Does JMO or Red? Do they eat okra? We should. We should. We should call them. We should dial them in right now just to right. have them join the conversation. I'm telling you, it's. It, I don't know. I. I know. I know for a fact JMO don't like okra, and I know. Yeah. I know. Uh, I know Red don't like okra either. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I say well, we we had some great times, so for sure. Um, Absolutely. So you know, when we're talking about uh, you know not judging a book by its cover, what would be your advice, or what have you learned uh, over your time and um, just in life in general of like how to slow down? Right? You said about it earlier about being in slow motion, uh, and, and just for the audience, uh, Dion is not slow motion when it comes to physical activities and things like that. He's, Absolutely, he's not. a chill guy. But I tell you, uh, in the, in the Air Force, that's where I, I knew him. Of course. Dion's a, one of the hardest working people I ever met, uh, I, you know, just uh, including the guys we just mentioned, JMO and Red, mm-hmm. uh, you know, some just great, great Americans, great people. But anyway, uh, what, what would be your advice or what have you learned, man, to kind of say, hey, you know what, let me pause on this. I don't have to be the first one to say something or type Absolutely. something out. What, what does that look like, man? So I, I would I take the fact of uh, not being like I, I can see both sides. So if I look at a situation, I'm like, okay, this person may feel this way. This person may feel that way. So I like we said earlier, cautiously optimistic. I can see that. I can see that, have some empathy to go, you know what? I don't know the, I don't know the full story. First and foremost, I don't know the full story. So how can I make a judgment or a, just a lashing out at someone who I don't know the full context of what's going on? So it would be hypocritical of me to go in there and, 
you know, like a lot of people, they have this thing that, uh, oh, it's my page. You ain't got to be on my page. First of all, that's Mark's, first of all, that's Mark Zuckerberg's page. You don't own it. Okay. So it's a public forum and people are going to say things on your public forum. If you don't want them to say it, say anything, don't post it. Very Easy simple. Easy all that common sense, bro. Easy. Not, common sense ain't common anymore, you know? Um, and, but I also understand that, um, a lot of it is conditioning. Like you were saying about the algorithm. Yeah. A lot of people have, um, when they, you know, one person rags on somebody, it's a group thing type of thing. Oh, I'm gonna do it too. I'm gonna do it too. I'm gonna do it too. And you get, you like you said, you start to, the algorithm will start pushing stuff towards you. And then you'll start thinking that's the way it is. And that's conditioning. It's just another, it's electronic form of conditioning. Yeah. So when you know the basics and you know the, the, the foundation of those things, you kind of get a, um, a better outlook on things and then your experiences are going to pitch your outlook my experiences i've seen i've had i've been dealt with racism uh i've dealt with terrible bosses i've dealt with terrible people but on the other side terrible bosses let you know what you want terrible bosses don't let you know what you want to be when you get older or when you <laughs> when you become a boss yeah so i definitely don't want to be that guy so I'm going to be better than that person. It's a learning experience. And I consider myself a forever student. I'm constantly learning. And I'm going to be a learning until I die. Now, if you stop learning, you know, you're pretty much dead. Because you can always learn something new. So that's how, that's my outlook and my take on things is that I just take the time to think. I take the time to just feel. And it's, it's something you have to work at. It's a muscle. You have to work yeah. at it, you know, every day. And just take the time to just really sit back and think. And... Here's another thing we learned when we know when we were younger. Uh, treat people the way you want to be treated. So if you were in that situation, would you want to be treated that way? Yeah. You, you know, know, I got a friend, Joe Bogdan, man. He says this. He's like, we learn everything we're supposed to learn in life to be successful in kindergarten. <laughs> and that's the exact phrase he uses about, you know, just treat people uh, like you want to be treated or, or how, how you prefer to be treated. You know, I guess in some cases, that's not necessarily uh, great advice, depending on uh, somebody's mental makeup, you know, sometimes Absolutely. people like, like different things, but I, I get the gist of the grand scheme of being kind to one another and treat each other like a human for one. Right. Mm -hmm. And and we see that, uh, I think in every walk of life, and I know you've got a, lot, a great experience in military walk mm -hmm. of life, profession of arms, and then, then the civilian sector. Uh, but there's a lot to be said about, uh, putting pride aside, mm -hmm. uh, and helping in these cases too. Cause like you said earlier about trying to have empathy, prideful people don't have empathy. Absolutely and not. I am concerned about our nation, but the world at large, of how much empathy uh, is is like a not even an afterthought. Really, it's a no thought. Like nobody's mm -hmm. thinking about, uh, or not, I shouldn't say nobody. That's that's very a lot of people. Uh, yeah, a lot of people. I would say the majority of people don't know what empathy is, and, and really think of showing sympathy. Um, so, what would be your take on uh, what what's your thoughts on hey? pride going through when you said life experiences i like to pull the thread on that a little bit uh you don't have to you know bring up old old demons you've had to put to sleep but of, of things of when you talk about experiences and going through things um how, what would be your advice uh to people on that of how to use that right instead of being hard and calloused because you're you are truly a student of life man you're, you're, you're a phenomenal mind but uh, breaking it out for a simple guy like myself, what would be that advice on pride and, and how to uh, utilize your experiences for the good? Well, it depends, you know, for a lot of people, they have their faith. So you lean on your faith, uh, whatever you believe in. Um, I've had great conversations with people who were uh, Muslims, Christians, Catholics, and 
I have one, I got one friend of mine who um he's read the Bible, he's read the Quran, he's done out there. He's a he's a Christian man, but he sees the the he see he worded it in a way that kind of put me in put it in perspective for me. He's like, man, we're all go, praying to the to the same higher power. He said, it's just that it's in different languages. You know what I'm saying? Like it's it's it just feels like everybody's trying to get to that level of peace and prosperity. It's just everybody's got different paths. And he's like, I don't want to just say it's like that, but he said, but just a premise, a little small piece. And I was like, okay, that makes sense. So that can also work for life as well. You know, um, that the, the world, the world, as I see it, like you said, with the empathy, I've, I actually watched a couple of videos because um, I like to find good videos, make me feel good because um, there's so much crap out there. But yeah. it's, it's so nice to see, you know, um, I seen a 15 year old girl. There was a guy who was on the flight. He was blind and deaf and this passenger wanted to help him. He gave him a seat on the aisle. Nobody really could help him. And they went over to intercom and asked a young 15 year old girl, did anybody have any experience? And she knew American Sign Language because she was dyslexic. So in that, in that sentence, she couldn't read. A lot of stuff was backwards, but she learned a new language to adapt. Oh, wow. She helped that man the whole flight, signed in his hand. They laughed and everything. Uh, the guy next to him knew a little sign language. And it was just a beautiful moment of a young person being like, yes, I'll help this older person. We have these little snippets of, of those empathetic moments. We just don't see them. Again, the yeah. algorithm and all those things. But, you know, it's just like anything else. If you go looking for something, you can find it. Yeah, you know, it's, it's, it's sad, right? It's not only, not only the algorithms, but it's like the human psychic, right? Like, uh, and, yes. and on the news cycles, uh, violence and gore and, you know, not that they necessarily show gore, but they, they, they show enough, right, for your oh, imagination. But the gaps absolutely. that, you know, if there's, a, if there's a, something really horrific that happens, more people tune in kind of thing. And it goes back to your, your point about making a comment. There's, once that cycle starts, and it started a while back for our absolutely. nation, for the world at large, uh, it's, it's almost, a, it feels impossible at times to stop mm -hmm. that, reverse that. But you're, you're right. The world is a great place. I get to travel a lot. And yeah, um, see you see a yeah. lot of those types of things, right, mm -hmm. where there's a lot more kindness out there than it ever gets credit for. Absolutely. Uh, however, sometimes I, I have to wonder um, what it would be like, right, if, if there was more empathy being shared and being, and what I mean shared is not only as we said before, it's not enough of it actually happening, but if it was happening more often and then that was shared, I kind of wonder what would the world look like, right? I mean, I don't know that humans can really, you know, not to get too far into philosophical debate but or conversation, but I wonder what humans would actually do. I don't know that we would know what, how, how to act with peace and tranquility. You know what I mean? Like, it seems mm -hmm. like it's an inevitable thing, like a balance or harmony in, in the world at large. But uh, anyway, uh, it's, it's great to, to know that there are good things that are happening. And I Absolutely. wish I wish we could share that more. And when I say I wish we could is I wish people had a lot more money than me and you have. <laughs> come Absolutely. Could, could make those pushes. Right. But it just doesn't yeah. sell as much. I'd like uh, to talk to you. Um, because, you know, prior military and a lot of the audience that, that listens to this is, is military or prior military themselves. Roger, right. I'd like you to consider, I know I'm putting you on the spot, man. That's but, all good. Uh, what your thoughts are or how it was like for you 
transitioning, what it's been like after you transition. So the transition piece and and what like I know we were chatting a little bit beforehand about you yeah. know you know spend some quality time, true quality time with your children. So Absolutely. walk me through that, man. What was like? What was leaving the military like? And you know, uh, fear, exuberance, whatever it was. <laughs> so so <laughs> when I left, and this is funny, when I left, I didn't tell nobody. I didn't tell anyone. I had. I had months coming up. I didn't tell anybody because the way I move and the way I think is I don't want a bunch of people being there who are going to be fake and phony. There you go. And you really didn't mess with me when I was in. Now, there was a bunch of people I told and let know. And we had a little small thing. <laughs> Excuse me. The commander at the time was my major in Japan. So when he mm. came over, it was it was funny because it's like, you know, he came up to me after the the uh, ceremony to change uh, command, and he came over and gave me a big hug. And it's like, Sergeant Massar Glasgow, uh, I forget the other guy's name, the other Massar at the time. They're looking like, Massar Glasgow knew, because I told him, I told him he was coming. I told him I knew him from there. The other guys at the head shed were like, what's going on? So he was actually, hey, how you doing? I'm like, oh, I'm fine. I'm like, how the wife and kids? Because I've watched his, I've watched his uh, babysitter's children. Um, I've helped with his wife. Still remembers me grabbing his bags from her. He had about four or five bags. I lifted them all up, so she didn't have to go hug your husband. You know what I mean? Yeah. I took yeah. that out, and it was just, it was just funny to see that reaction. Um, you know, the the transition. So when I got out, it was like he tried to keep me in. He was like, we. I was like, it's just my time. You know, sometimes, yeah. you know, when you retire, you and just like a basketball player, just like a baseball player, sports guy, whether it's somebody who's a CEO, Fortune 500, they know when it's their time to go. And I mm. knew it was my time to move on because I had other goals I wanted to do. So that first year was probably the hardest year of my life because you get out for something that's so structured and then you're in the chaos of the world. Yeah. And I, I had a friend who just got out. I got another friend who's getting out in two years. And we're telling him that first year, you're going to have to get comfortable with people not having common sense and stupidity. Because the way, <laughs> the way we see things is logical. Okay, this is this. Why don't you do this? Why don't you do that? You know, it's the person, it's like the person who parks, who's uh, putting the food on the shelves, but they park the big cart in the middle of the aisle. <laughs> Why don't you just move it over? So, <laughs> It, that's the that's the mindset I told me you got to get into that and you got to deal with people who are constantly going to make mistakes and things like that but you have to have again that empathy to go they didn't have the structure that we had when we were in so yeah. it, it it was I, I'm not gonna lie to you it was it was rough that first year because you know I I'm you know me I'm really blunt with a lot of things and sometimes you have to kind of quell that back because not everybody's ready for that so, yeah, you're ready that, for that. <laughs> no, no, not at all. Not at all. I'm, I'm going to tell it. I'm going to keep it a thousand. I'm going to tell it like it is. And because I would expect anyone who cared about me to do the same thing. So if I'm messing up and the chief says, hey, you messing up, I'm going to listen because that's somebody I respect, somebody who has my best interests at heart. So, you know, there's those things. But it's, it's hard. That transition out is hard. But you got to have a plan. You got to have a plan. You got to have things and you got to have hobbies while you're inside the military that you love to do things yeah. that make you happy. Cause especially as men, 
men get this thing that they're not supposed, we're supposed to be hardened, we're supposed to be callous, we're not supposed to have feelings. And yeah. a lot of people attack that. But at the same time, you got to have things you love. If you love to go fishing, go fish. You love to take your kids fishing, take them fishing. Make time, especially for yourself. And that's a mental health thing as well. So a lot of that I made through, I mean, I've gone through depression. Uh, I've had anxiety, PTSD, but a lot of those things I'm learning from as well. And taking those psychology classes helped a lot. Um, but you just, those are things that you deal with and you just find ways to deal with them in certain ways and certain things after transitioning kind of trigger those things. Yeah. And then you get better at managing them. So that's what I did. That, and it helped out a lot. That's, thanks for sharing, man. I, I, when you said you keep it a thousand, that's one of the things, uh, another one of the things, and another thing uh, that I always respect about you is uh, giving feedback, right? Uh, some people were a little, you know, <laughs> we'll, we'll leave it nameless, but mm -hmm. I, I remember a couple of people that would be like, kind of like, oh my God, I can't believe you just said that. Mm -hmm. But I always appreciated that, right? We can't take things personal, right? I mean, obviously we have to be professional, but, Absolutely. Uh, you know, within the within the shop walls and on the flight line and things like that, you know, uh, we can give each other a little more I'm not saying that I necessarily prescribe this, but it is the way it is. We can mm -hmm. be a little more open with our comments. Mm -hmm. uh, most people are a little more receptive uh, in those yeah. environments. But man, you always did tell the truth and, and I got some good feedback from you. So there, there's so many lessons. And I think I, what I want to make sure is I pull some of these out for the audience because me and you know each other. Right. So we knew we were in the same environment at the same time. Absolutely. So for the audience, uh, I was a brand new tech sergeant. Uh, mm -hmm. Shop and uh, there was a whole bunch of staff sergeants in the shop. He was uh, a fast burner, everybody. Yeah, pretty, pretty much everybody. <laughs> I'm a, heck, I was a staff sergeant for a whole other year after I made That's, what I'm, that's what I'm saying. <laughs> so, really, it was a staff sergeant made and a whole bunch of other staff sergeants. And right. uh, one senior airman, Dion Williams, mm -hmm. uh, when we first got there. But um, I tell you, and then so Dion would provide feedback, right? When it was BS and everybody else, or a lot of other people kind of knew it was BS. Nobody would really say it was BS, but Dion would say it. Um, so and that helped me, man. I tell you, uh, kudos to you. Uh, I'm no great leader by any means, but uh, I've, I've achieved. Uh, 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 no, 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 no. You, of, you, of you are a great leader. You are <laughs> a great leader. See, this is the thing about Chief Vaden. He's very humble. He's a very <laughs> humble person. The reason <laughs> I was able to be that open and the reason I was able to, when I saw the BS, I learned from you and a lot of the other masters and techs ahead that sometimes things need to be called out. And there's always a respectful way to do it. I got a PhD in making and being tactful. I learned that from you guys. So I know what it is. I can say certain things in a certain way to still call out the BS, but you guys were receptive to that. If it wasn't, if you weren't receptive to that, a lot of things wouldn't get done. You are a great supervisor. The reason it being, and you told me this when we were younger, a lot of guys take care of your guys and your guys and girls will take care of you. That's it's, it's the it's the basics of being a supervisor, being a person in charge. You take care of your people, your people are going to take care of you. And it was to the point where what we will work. Hey, guys, we're going to work Monday through Thursday hard. We humping. We got an 18 inch concrete depth on the <laughs> on the airfield. And we got to get it moving. They say we're going to do it in three weeks. Let's see if we can do it in a week. Yeah. When Friday comes, okay, we're going to have a barbecue. We're going to chill out. And then the younger guys will leave. And I was a single guy when I was in. So I would stay behind. And a couple other guys would stay behind, fielding phone calls and stuff. Those guys saw that. 
and we're like, oh, I'm willing to work because I know we'll get this. And if it's not that, that's fine. We've had it before. Yeah. So those little snippets of things that you did and the other guys did that they were there made it to where it was a lot more fun. And um, even though comments on the airfield were still respectful, they may have been here or there, it's like this, that, and the other, but there were never any malicious but behind it. So yeah, no. don't, don't, don't sell yourself short. You was a great surprise. So I'm very uncomfortable because it's supposed to be about you. This one's supposed nah, to be about- <laughs> Well done. Touche. Touche. But uh, where I was going with that is, uh, you know, as I continued on in life, continued on in, the, in my career, that was uh, the best shop I was ever a part of. And I don't mean that the other ones, no disrespect to anybody else I ever served with. Mm-hmm. But, you know, it's like a, a, I'm, we're both sports guys, but yeah. uh, from a athletics or sports, uh, you know, analogy if you will it's kind of like the super bowl teams right there's sometimes uh the super bowl team might not have 100 percent of the players all have you know that wow factor talent absolutely uh and they still go and they win the super bowl people scratching their heads like how did they do that when you break it down you see the documentary on it or whatever you see the connectedness and Mm -hmm. everyone that i watched it from a little boy on i was like man it's all about and and i didn't think of this right away right 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 it's about the people any mission, whatever that is, whether it's in, in military life, civilian life, whatever, whatever the mission is, you take care of people and the rest just falls into place, right? Because people like Absolutely. you pointed it out, man, they're willing to give. And it's not like we do it for this, right? I don't treat you well, so you'll give 150%. I treat right. you well, I appreciate you as a human. Absolutely. You're going to give 150% because you appreciate and you feel like you're valued and give to the team. So you continue to... Um, that environment continued to live on. And I tell you, man, I use you as an example. I probably should have asked permission, but I use you as an example. That's you, right. J-Mo, and Red, man, y'all were, y'all were some, you know, A-plus-plus plus players kind of thing. And I, I tell you, I use y'all as an example when I'm talking to airmen. And when I say airmen, it's those young senior airmen, staff sergeant selects coming out of ALS. Yeah. And I'm like, you want to run a shop right? You want to run an office right? Let me tell you a story about this one time at Barksdale, Louisiana. And uh, so, yeah, I, I appreciate everything uh, that you ever did for me, man. I tell you, it's a lot of things that, uh, you know, never were really truly spoken. It's just we just had each other's back. But a lot of the people Absolutely. in the shop, everybody, right? Yes, indeed. <laughs> but a lot of people in the shop had each other's back. And, yes, indeed. man, it's been a pleasure. Uh, just It was a pleasure getting to serve with you, but also just keeping up with you in civilian life. You said something earlier. I'm going to put you on the spot again. Sweet. Uh, so I uh, I watch Dion from afar. Obviously, we live in different locations, but uh, man, a father, I tell you what, a father and a husband, man, you, uh, at least from a, the perspective I have, right, um, mm-hmm. I, I want to give you kudos on that because very few people I've met in life uh, take that seriously uh, and, and, and do the best they can with it. And uh, so what would be your advice? Um, excuse me. <clears throat> what would be your advice uh, to fathers out there, to husbands out there, whether, because I know that a lot of that type of stuff was trans as you transitioned out and stuff. You were single, as you said, in the military. But um, what, what would be your advice to fathers, man, and, and tying it back to like that flash to bang and, and bringing it all together with, from a family perspective? So for me, I tell the story. My my wife, when we got together, she had uh, my first two kids already. My son was eight. My daughter was four. This is before me, previous relationships. Mm-hmm. So when we got together, um, I knew from a person who didn't have their father in their life, I knew I wanted to be 110% better than what I had or didn't have. But the things I the learned, things I learned about manhood and being a good father, I learned from my grandfather who was a, a deacon. We had 
great conversations about, um, you know, theology. Um, we had great times about life, sports, everything. I would go, I'd make it a point. I would, he couldn't, my grandfather was real stern. So he couldn't let people cut his hair. He liked to talk, all right, cut this hair, cut this hair. So <laughs> I started cutting his hair. It was yeah. about, for about two years uh, until he passed. And my uncle went to college, paid his way through college cutting hair. So he showed me that you can hustle and pay your bills and do this and that by putting in the work. I had other uncles who showed me the things. I had an uncle who told me, you know, he was uh, selling drugs, but he told me, he's like, this is not what you want to get into. He kept me out of that life. Mm. So a lot of these things I've had from these different male perspectives have helped shape who I am as a father. Going back to my, my wife, she had, my, like I said, my first two kids together. So when we were together, um, she would say certain things about the ex and all that. And I told her, you know, not to the children, but it would be loud enough when they get. And I'm like, you know, just let it cry. Because I know one thing about being a father. It ain't about the gifts. It ain't about taking you places. It's about time. A kid yeah. appreciates time. So if you put in time in, like we said, everything else falls into place. So that's the first thing I would say, put time into um, the cultivation of your children. You know, even if it's a hard day at work, my daughter, when she was young, my daughter has my motor, so she don't get tired. So <laughs> trying to have her and calm down, so I'd have to match her energy and I'm tired from working, but yeah. I'm putting that time in. That's something she's gonna appreciate. And uh, my son, he games, we game together, my daughter, she works, we do this, that, she played volleyball. So I put that time in to helping her. So time is a big thing. Um, being empathetic and then understanding that the way you were raised is probably not the way you should raise your kids. Because if, <laughs> if my mom got mad at me, it's paneling. She going she gonna to rawhide. I'm getting my butt toe up. <laughs> and that's not, that's not the, uh, for me, that's not the way I want to raise my yeah. kids. Now, I will tell you that kids will try you. <laughs> and you know you have to get to that point if i have to get to the point where you get a butt whipping it's bad but it hasn't really gone that way yeah. i have conversations with my kids i let them understand and know from that perspective and now if it gets to that point that's what happens hey listen i'm all for it good butt whipping ain't never killed nobody but understanding that even with that is empathy you have to have that conversation afterwards so that's another thing and just yeah. being a good human being because your kids, your daughter, you're the first man that she's ever going to love. Mm -hmm. Your your son, he's you're the first person that is going to show him how to be a man and how to be a good man. Yeah. So understanding that that's a big responsibility helps you go further. So those are the things that keep me grounded that I want to I want to show them that I am uh, a great dad. I want to show them that I'm a great husband to my wife and. I don't get it right all the time. Nobody does. There's no handbook to marriage. There's a bit, there's plenty of books that can help, but there's no handbook to parenting. There's no handbook to marriage. You learning it on the fly, but you take those good things that you've learned from different relationships that you've seen, i.e. you and Amy, <laughs> seeing y'all and the way y'all are together and y'all way with y'all boys. I, I, I'm, I'm a person, like I said, I sit back and I watch. It's not a, it's not a point of being boisterous and talking and all the time which I've done a lot, but I sit back and I watch yeah. and to watch you and to watch a couple of the other guys in the shop um, who I still talk to to the day and see that they go through those things. Understanding that, um, you know, divorce happens, but even yeah. if divorce happens, you can still be a great parent. 
you can still yeah. be a good person to that other person. You just have to work at it. It's another job. Yeah. So all of those things, just from my perspective, are things that keep me grounded. And if, if you're a father and you're a, a, a part of the FOF, as I call it, the fraternity of fathers, we take parenting and dads and marriage real seriously. And that's right. not to say that those who uh, don't do that are terrible people. It's just that we take it. We take real accountability for the raising of our kids. So that's a big thing for me. Absolutely. We're going to have a whole series of life lessons with John. Hey, listen, hey, listen, I'm ready. I'm ready. I got a I bunch of these it. gyms. <laughs> I love it, brother. Um, man, it has been great catching up with you. Uh, and just hearing not only, uh, I know it's, uh, you know, some people might think, uh, oh, are you just saying that to be saying it? But man, I truly respect you. And, and I have a, uh, a huge spot in my heart for you and, and the things that you've been through and the things you've accomplished, man, is, is truly amazing to me. Uh, and I like watching you as well and, and just doing the things that you do. What As we wrap this up, man, I want to give you final word on, on, on the show here. You can tell us whatever it is you want to tell us in closing remarks, uh, but I would appreciate if you can intertwine uh, you know, what, uh, living in your dash, that's how I say is living in your dash, you know, that, that little dash on that tombstone. Mm -hmm. Uh, what, what are those things or your purpose, your why, if you can intertwine that, if not, no hurry or no harm. Uh, but final, final mic over to you, brother. All I'll say is we out. Okay. Um, I think for me, being a good person is better than being a terrible person. You don't have to break somebody else down to raise yourself up simple as that you don't have to to go go at people or or whatever family members or whatever you don't have to lower your standards to raise uh you know lower your standards to raise theirs or or vice versa just be a good person it's it's really simple it's common sense and you know there are avenues for you to do it just be a good person i'll just leave it at that that's awesome, brother. Hey, y'all heard it here first. Wisdom from Dion. Life lessons. I, real quick in his perspectives, thank you so much for being on the show, brother. Y'all know the deal, fam. Until next time, y'all keep it real. We out. Appreciate it.